Leaders who know how to set stretch goals correctly are perceived as significantly more effective leaders, and they also raise the level of employee engagement. In this episode, we will discuss three essential skills that will keep you on the right path to achieving your stretch goals. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zenger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm your host, Brianna Corin, and joining me today is renowned psychometrician and my dear father, Joe Folkman. So, Brie, um, have you set any goals for this new year? <laughs> I'm, the, uh, I'm the wrong person to ask. I... I say goals for work, of course, but I'm still slowly pondering my personal ambitions for this year. So hopefully our conversation will inspire me in that area today. What about you? Well, I just want to do more podcasts. Of course, <laughs> of, course of course. You actually like setting goals, though, don't you? Uh, well, sometimes, but it's a tyranny of of how they it puts pressure on me and I, I, I don't know. Especially those stretch goals. <laughs> yes. The interesting thing about stretch goals is that many managers resist setting them because they don't want to put pressure on their direct reports. Hmm. The reality is that all of our data we've collected tells us that when people achieve stretch goals, their confidence in themselves increases their engagement goes sky high, and their belief that they can make a difference improves. I believe it. Well, those leaders who don't ask their people to stretch are denying their direct reports of a life-changing experience that uh, will build That is a great way to put it and to think about it. So the research we're going to dive into today um, goes over how leaders can help their teams to achieve stretch goals and kind of where people are going wrong. I always find the psychology of goal setting so intriguing. I read um, in an Inc. article, a study that was done by the University of Scranton that said that 92, I repeat, 92% of people that set New Year's goals never actually achieve them. And that fact was only slightly depressing to me because it helps me know I'm not alone. <laughs> but if we want to be like that 8% of people who receive the outstanding joy from seeing their goal actually come to fruition, <laughs> where should we start? An interesting example of this is several years ago, I was told about an interview with a senior leader of a large division in an organization that was presented as an excellent example of setting stretch goals. Now, this leader was convinced the organization needed to cut costs. The overhead had grown more than the organization's profits. He came out with a bold announcement to the organization that every department was to cut costs by 15%. Oh, ouch. <clears throat> That's a lot. And in an interview, he was privately asked how he came up with that number. Why 15%? Was it based on some calculations, some analytics, or comparison to competitors? And his reply was, no, I was just thinking about what the number should be. 20% seemed to be too high and 10% was not enough. So I decided on 15%. Oh, so randomly. Okay. Yeah, just the number. Well, that number was totally based on intuition. 
Departments were given 30 days to come up with a plan for improvement and to make their cuts in their department. Now, if a department came in with anything less than 15%, regardless of the rationale or logic for how the cuts would hurt more than help, they were sent back and told not to come back until they'd reached their magic number. <laughs> that he randomly came up with. <laughs> yes. And they were also reminded that if they could not find a way to cut back, then they would be replaced. So this oh. was not optional. Ah. <clears throat> the process took on a very negative tone, as you can guess. Yeah. People came up with derogatory nicknames for the executive. <laughs> In the end, the cuts were achieved, but unfortunately, in some cases, the cuts were too deep and some departments needed to hire back to achieve more resources. The hmm. process by and large was viewed as a very negative event and it created a great deal of resentment. But at corporate, it was viewed very positively. They thought this was a textbook example of how a leader ought to set stretch goals. Now, clearly the goal was a stretch goal and the reduction process may have been necessary for the organization, but the execution drove engagement down rather than up. Hmm. I think what um, stands out to me in that example was how, like what you said, how it was viewed so differently by different groups. There was clearly some big problems with the execution of that stretch goal. Now, in the article that you wrote about stretch goals, you said many leaders, when faced with the objective of setting a stretch goal, simply multiply goals by two. <laughs> and of course, I laughed because I'm like, ah, I've done that a few times. What do I want to do for this year? Ah, just times it by two. Um, but instead, leaders need to understand that the skill of correctly setting stretch goals requires three critical skills. Push pull, and problem solve. Thanks for making it three Ps. That'll be helpful to remember. Well, that worked out nicely, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, in the example of the case study I just shared, the leader did one of these very well. He knew how to push. <laughs> yeah. Leaders who do this may achieve some short-term gains, but end up without the great benefits that come from doing it correctly. Now, how would you define a pushy leader? Could it, could it possibly something like a father who comes into your room at 6.30 a.m. and puts ice down your back to lovingly encourage you to get up for school and make the bus on time? Just, <laughs> I, I, I may be speaking from personal experience. <laughs> it was totally motivational trick I was trying. <laughs> but for a leader to be effective at setting stretch goals, there needs to be some push. You well, the, can't the ice worked. It. it worked. It worked. <laughs> well... Asking a team to achieve a, a goal that is achievable, where everybody is comfortable, that will not be a stretch goal. It will not have the positive impact on your leadership effectiveness and the engagement of employees. Achieving something that is very difficult creates uh, this positive engagement because people have done something extraordinary. People want to accomplish something that feels impossible. And when they do that, they feel they're special. <clears throat> leaders push by setting a high goal, establishing a deadline and holding individuals accountable for achieving their specific piece of the goal. Exactly. Pushy people have a place in this world, but there's also room for those motivational speakers. 
The next P you discuss is pull. Pull, you defined it as inspiration, energy, and excitement. Without pull, the employees, they just feel like slaves working hard to avoid punishment and having no vision of where they're going and why they're going there. The pull aspect is very important. And to be honest, it's more difficult than push. Uh, most leaders know how to push. We learned that in an early age. Our parents taught us. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> I put any advice down their back. Yes. <laughs> leaders who know how to pull share a clear vision and communicate that vision to others. Leaders that pull are quick to recognize people and their contributions. They are role models. They lead from the front. They get cooperation from others across the organization and provide coaching and development. You talked a lot about how pushing comes more naturally to us in life. In a study of 110,000 leaders, you found that 76% were rated higher on their ability to push. Only 22% were better at pulling. So yes, at 6 a.m. it is way easier to threaten to ground your teenager if they don't wake up and make it to school on time than helping them to recognize their life potential. Pulling requires a different skill set. So which skills can help um, leaders to learn how to pull? Well, one thing that really helps is making a positive emotional connection. And that means having a positive relationship with another person. I work a lot harder for people that I like. I, I think that that's true for most people. When we, are, when, <clears throat> when we were working in the offices, I would come into work, I would go in my office and often not talk to anyone all day except for phone calls. Ken Blanchard talked about something he called MBWA. That basically means management by walking around, just walking around, saying hi to people, checking in, asking people how they're doing, asking if you can help. That's MBWA, that's positive relationships. Another thing you can do is to create a positive team environment. Uh, we know that can be very inspiring. Most of us have been in a team that was very motivated and it's natural to wanna to keep up with the pace of others. Some of us have also been in the team from hell Everybody knows how that negative environment kills inspiration. Yes. And if you want to hear more about teams, you can go back to our episode on Kessler, our dog. Um, I think it's called The Power of Teams. That was a good one. Anyway, continue. Well, also, it also inspires me when I see someone take initiative. Recently, one of my sons was out of work, but because his mother's health was not good, he did not want to get infected with the coronavirus in a crowded workplace. On his own and totally without any nagging from me, which is quite unusual, <laughs> he interviewed for a couple of customer uh, support jobs that he could do from home. He got a job and enjoys his commute to the office, which is his bedroom. <laughs> and when you see others taking initiative, that's really inspiring. Uh, very true. And he loves that office bedroom. He even has windows, like two windows. I mean, that, you have to work up to that in the real office. <laughs> so who needs a cubicle? It's a corner office too. Yeah, it's corner. <laughs> the final P is problem solve. Without problem solving, a stretch goal can only be accomplished by working harder, 
faster and longer. And that's just depressing. Um, this is so true. I'm, I'm going to share an embarrassing small example. I was working on my computer over the holiday break and I was pulling up one of the editing programs I use all the time. And I was doing a spotlight search on my Mac to pull it up. And my brother-in-law saw me do this a couple of times and said, why have you not optimized your workspace? You're wasting time finding things you're constantly using. And it was because I just didn't want to stop what I was doing for five minutes and fix it. I think that happens to a lot of us. We know the workaround, so we keep using it instead of just solving the problem. You know, problem solving involves some clear understanding of the problems, trends, and opportunities. It often requires some thinking. <laughs> and so many of us are so focused on doing, yeah. that we resist thinking and, and problem solving, and that would make us more effective. Stretch goals require needed changes in how work is done, relationships, partnerships, and infrastructure. Leaders need to be willing to challenge standard approaches and find new innovative methods. They need to be aware of outside trends that could help or hurt the internal efforts. So there are your three P's, push, pull, and problem solve. And as interesting as these steps sound, what is really awesome is that they're based in research. Joe just didn't think of it while he was eating cereal one morning. <laughs> you found actually that a leader's skill at these three critical capabilities impacts their ability to set stretch goals effectively. In a study of over 100,000 leaders, you found that if a leader were above average on push, but below average on pull and problem solving, their effectiveness on setting stretch goals would be at the 44th percentile. If a leader was rated at or above the 75th percentile on push, but below average on the other two skills of pull and problem solve, their effectiveness at setting stretch goals would only move to the 49th percentile. So not much different there. Well, it's interesting that if a leader is above average on all three of these skills, their effectiveness at setting stretch goals is at the 79th percentile. And that's a jump. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge jump. And, and you're kind of almost in the top 20%. Yeah. Leaders should set as a minimum that all three skills should be above average. Helping others achieve stretch goals makes a significant difference in your overall leadership effectiveness. Uh, when I gather data on the direct reports of over 76,000 leaders who were in the 90th percentile, of effectiveness on setting stretch goals, they had employee engagement scores in the 80th percentile and their overall effectiveness ratings were at the 92nd percentile. So, so just that one thing. That one thing, that wow. one thing. And it's an unusual thing too. You know, a lot of people resist this, but our encouragement today is to set a stretch goal and achieve it help others achieve their stretch goals as well. Remember the three Ps, push yourself, pull yourself, and solve the problems that get in your way.
The 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast, was written and recorded by Brianna Corn and Joe Folkman, and produced by Zanger Folkman, with music by Pleasant Pictures. If you're interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend one of our monthly webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave us a review. That's how other people can find out about our podcast, too. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in the episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com.